Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. of Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. If you find parenting more frustrating than fun, this episode is for you. Today, I'm talking with Joey Massio, teen life coach at Firmly Founded, about how to improve your relationship with your teen without changing them and how to find more joy together. Joey is a certified life coach who helps teens and young adults stop letting stress, procrastination, and self-doubt suck all the fun out of being successful. He is a former middle school teacher who spent four years in the on-campus suspension room where he started coaching teams. He also has professional training in performance, improv, and comedy. Welcome, Joey. I am so happy to have you here. Hey, so glad to be here. This is going to be fun. Yes, it is. So tell us first, how did you get into coaching teenagers? Uh, Yeah, right? (laughs) So I, I did straight up volunteer to go into the discipline office, right? Mm-hmm. And my, my principal, when I volunteered, she was like, I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> you want to be in there? Like, usually it's a struggle to find teachers to be in there. I'm like, no, like, I think I can change the dynamic of that room. Like, I'd love mm-hmm. to give it a shot. And that's really where I started beta testing, just kind of like counseling and coaching teens. And then during that process... Uh, I got my life coach certification mm-hmm. and everybody is always asking, right, so like, what's going to be your niche? Who are you going to work with? And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to work with teens. And they're like, God bless you. <laughs> you know, and I can't like, or like, why would you want to do that? I'm like, what? But because teens need this, yes. right? Yes. They need this kind of mental mm-hmm. resilience, emotional control and all that. And it's just, and plus I'm still kind of a teen myself and I'm really good at connecting with them. Which you can't tell by your background at all. No, no, not whatsoever. (laughs) Most of this stuff is from my classroom when I was a classroom teacher. That's awesome. Um, So when you're working with teens, what are, tell us some things that I think a lot of adults may not understand or get wrong about teenagers. So uh, um, it's not your job, right? To get them to change. And even as a teen life coach, that's not my job. Right. And I let them know that like right from the get go, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever I I have a consult with a teen client, I just had one last night, teen client, parents on either side, right. Teens kind of like, I don't know why I'm here. Kind of, you know, I say, Hey, good news for you, buddy. Right. Good news. Um, I am not here to coach you on what your parents want. If you hire me, I work for you. And your parents pay me, but I work for you. So whatever you want to change or improve or work on, I got your back. And just that alone, it like lets them go, oh, okay, I can breathe it a little easier. It's not an adult in my life who's gonna try to change me. And I I when I talk with parents, a lot of a lot of their uh struggles and frustrations come comes from my teen is doing X and I want them to be doing Y. How do I get them to do Y? Without being upset about it. How do I get yeah. them to do yeah. why and want to do why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, well, th- wh- why do you want them to do why? <laughs> and why is it important that they enjoy it? Like, yes, yes it's like yeah. change, change. So 
how do we then, if we're not changing our teens to do, you know, a lot of parents are like, well, my life would be so much easier and their life would be so much easier. And we'd have so much more fun together if they did this. And you're saying, wait, you can have more fun and enjoy your teen without them changing. How is that possible? Yeah, yes, it's possible (laughs) because of three types of thoughts that we use to either improve our relationship or poison our relationship Mm -hmm. with our teens, right? So uh, the world sometimes presents a relationship as if it was like one plant that two people take care of together, mom and teen. And if the teen stops doing their share, then mom needs to like overwork and do all this extra stuff to make sure that the relationship plant is healthy and well, and the fruit is delicious. Uh, and the teen like just doesn't care because a teen's right. off in a completely different garden and mom's like doing all this stuff. Right. And so I'm like, but that's actually not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, every relationship consists of two plants. You have one that represents your relationship with your teen, and they have one that represents their relationship with you. You cannot go over and water, prune, or take care of their plant of you. You, mm-hmm. you just can't do it because it's in their brain. Yeah. <laughs> and like until Dr. Cameron and I f- figure out a way to, to do that and alter somebody else's brain, uh, we just that's just you not don't possible. You do that though, because <laughs> well, we're not. They're so amazing in their own right. Exactly. Right. And it's like, but the common misnomer is that, well, if if I can get them Mm -hmm. to start thinking something different about me or about what I want them to do, then our relationship is better. But I I go, well, don't focus on an area you can't even control, right? Mm -hmm. Instead, focus on your plant you have of your team and how it's doing. And again, there's three types of thoughts you're using to either make your time with that plant and make that fruit a little bit bitter, right? A little less fun, a little like, oh, this is just so frustrating, or I'm so worried. Or you can use those three thoughts to improve your relationship, to lighten up a little bit and have a little bit more fun without your team changing at all. So was that enough of a setup? Yeah. I was like, tell me, tell me. (laughs) (laughs) So first it's what you think about your team what you think about yourself as their parent and what you think your team thinks about you. Mm. None of those thoughts notice is what your team thinks. Just to be clear, it's what you think about your teen, what you think about you as their parent and what you think they think about you. One or all of those three thoughts might be making your time with your teen less fun, more frustrating, and more worrisome. So I'll give you an example, right? So an example of what you think of your teen was, you know what, they're just not trying hard enough, or they're just not not very grateful Mm -hmm. for for something. I talked to a lot of parents, I just wish they were more grateful, you know? Yeah. I'm like, man, those thoughts are really going to just poison your relationship plan with them. Right. And then a thought about yourself. I don't know how to reach them. Right. I I, just so fed up with them doing yada, yada, yada. Right. That's a thought you're choosing. I'm just fed up, you know? And so if you're having those thoughts, that's kind of poisoning the plant. And then, and this is the one that gets super like meta and people are like, wait, what now? But it's what you think they think about you. My teen 
doesn't love me. My team thinks I'm a horrible parent or I'm annoying or I'm too controlling or all this. And if your brain goes, yeah, no, but Joey, my team has told me to my face that they think I'm controlling. They think I'm that. And I'm like, does that mean then that you have to be thinking that thought? Does that mean that like what they say is the only way they think about you? Or are there other thoughts that your team probably has about you that you could focus on instead and bring to the front of your mind? Like, you know what? They, they still love me or they know that I just want the best for them or they think that I'm you know, doing the best that I can. Right? All those thoughts are probably there too, but your, your brain brings the negative one to the front. Right. Cause you're like, but I got evidence for this one. You know, right. so ah, I'm going to think this, but it doesn't help you at all. So by changing one, two, or all of those types of thoughts, you can instantly improve your relationship with your teen and have more fun while doing it. Yeah. I think too, when your teen says something to you, I think a lot of parents are just like, well, fine, just whatever. And I'm just a terrible parent and whatever rather than going, what information are they giving me? Because a lot of parents come and they say, I don't know what my teen wants. And I'm like, your teen has told you over and over and over again, what they need from you. And you're not hearing it, which is like, I want to be heard. That's a big one. Um, I hear parents that teens say something like, I hate my, I hate my dad. And when you get down to it, they love their dad. They hate the way the dad feel, they feel rejected Mm -hmm. by their dad. Right. So it's like, I love where you're thinking, where it's what your team thinks about you. But I think we go into a non, a place where we can't do anything about it rather than a, oh, here's really good information about how to improve my relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That that's spot on. I love that. And I I started doing this as a middle school teacher Mm -hmm. and it, it was the same student, right? What people might call, oh, like a trouble student or that student, right? You know, and, and, and teachers are like, oh man, I, I just, when he walks in, you know, I'm just grateful when he's absent kind of thing, right? Or, oh, you know, whatever. And I'm like, well, they're, they're in my class too, or I hang out with them in the, in the discipline office very often, right? And um, my relationship with, with him is great. And yeah. the other teacher would want to be like, oh, well, that's because... Yeah. And then they want to like explain it away. And they're like, he's just very disrespectful in my room. And I'm like, right there, he's just very disrespectful. Right. Or, you know, like he, like that is just uh, a poison to your relationship with him. Like, why would you want to think that? And then the other yeah, teacher would be like, yeah. well, because like of the things he does, he leaves his hat on in my class or he talks while I'm talking or this and that. I'm like, who says that's disrespectful? It's just your brain saying this is him being disrespectful. Yeah. What if what if that's him being a teenager? Like maybe. What if does that just allow you to love them a little bit more? Yeah. Right? It doesn't mean you have to let them talk or let them wear their hat or whatever, right? But um it, it will just change the way you connect with them. And the teens sense it, right? The teens can oh, feel can. it. Mm-hmm. Which they do from their parents. And it's like mm-hmm. They're the one thing teens want more than anything. Correct me if I'm wrong. You talk to them a lot, even more than I do, but is that they want to be accepted and appreciated and loved by their parents. And when they don't feel they have that because they feel a lot of judgment and a lot of disappointment and a lot of frustration and just that like sigh of exasperation all the time, 
then they give up, right? Mm -hmm. They feel like, well, I can't have what I need from my parents because clearly I can't live up to what they expect of me. So I'm giving up. Yeah, no, I think that's 100% spot on. And a lot of parents might be thinking right now, well, no, I think they want to be accepted by their friends, you know, and by all, like that's, that's their main thing in their life right now, you know? And it's like, uh, well, I mean, who do they probably spend either more time with or more kind of, or who has spent most of, the, of their life with, right? Even if they're not spending as many hours with you as they might be then at school or with their friends or whatnot, you are still a very, very big part of their life that they really, really want to feel connected to and to feel acceptance from. And sometimes the messaging we give as parents is, yeah, 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 no, I, I love you, but I, but I want you to change this. Or, yeah. you know, I, I might enjoy time with you more if you were, were doing this, or I might be more proud of you. And we would never say these things, right? But it's, we end up sending those messages mm -hmm. based off of fear and worry about their future and about the choices they're making now and a mistaken identity of what our job is as their parents, which is to make sure they choose correct choices or things like that. And it's like, no, that, that's not, that's not our, our role as their parents to make sure it's to teach them 100%, mm -hmm. yes, right? It's to encourage them, but it's not to make sure they do it because guess what? They're going to make whatever choice they want regardless. Right. And, and I think when we let go of that need to shape them into what we think they need to be, which could really basically stunt them for who they could be, Instead, you know, so I, I love the plan idea too. It's like, let's make sure that who they are, their individual plan blossoms to be the most potential of who they are, mm -hmm. which is not who you're trying to make them be. It's who they already are mm -hmm. that you're trying to grow. Right. And I think that's hard because parents are so intertwined with their teen success and how they appear. We intertwine our own identity, our own sense of being accomplished and a good parent by what our team does. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think we get so overly bought into them because it's like, how are they representing us as a parent? Right. Yeah. My definition of, of success is based off of the choices my team makes. Yes. Right. That's what and they're doing. Right. Yeah. And, and, it, it's not, right? Your definition of success, the way I put it, I don't know, I think you put it in a similar way, Dr. Cam, but is are, are you just parenting the way that you want to be parenting, that you feel like you should be parenting? And sometimes when I talk to parents, they're like, well, I, I don't want to be yelling as much. I don't want to, you know, like be as controlling or micromanaging or whatever. Like I would love to spend more quality, fun time with them, not worrying, but I just can't because blah, 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 blah. I have no I go, other choice. I have no I other choice. That. Yeah, I need to. Or they go, well, I just can't let them do whatever they want, Joey. You know, like, come on. Like, I need the, Like, I, I need to be a good parent by enforcing rules and all that. I'm like, what? Well, yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't enforce rules. Guys, I was in the discipline office. <laughs> right. You know, right? I was getting the kids who just were not enforcing rules in a classroom right. sent into my room and their main thought is, yeah, no, F you. I'm not going to enforce these rules either because I'm in a bad mood right now. Yeah. Right. But by me being like, hey, yeah, dude, you are welcome to walk out of this door. 
Like, I, I can't stop you. Go ahead, bro. Right? Like, that was sometimes my first sentence yeah. when they're like, Psh, I'm, I'm not going to stay in here. I'm like, dude, feel free to walk yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Right? Go. Like, I literally can't stop you. Uh, but if you do, I do have to just call campus supervisors and they have to find you. Yeah. Right? And like, bring bring you back. You know? So like, go ahead. And then sometimes like, I, I, I just call the parents and say, hey, you know, they're not cooperating. And then they go, oh, but why would you do that? Because that's just my job, bro. Yeah. Right? It has nothing against you, you know? So, but feel free to make whatever choice you want. And that always lets them feel more free to do. And when they feel more free, oh, like, wait, like you, you're telling me I can leave. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can. I literally can't stop you. You know, uh, then they all of a sudden don't feel magnetized to that choice, right? They don't right. feel drawn to it. We're like, well, when I'm telling, no, you must stay here. Well, no, no, I mustn't. You know, I'm leaving. Forget that. It's the same thing with parenting, right? Where they're like, uh, you know, you must be home at curfew. You have to. And if you don't also, you know, and then they're like, well, forget you, mom. Right. Like yeah. I, I'm going to do whatever I want. But if it's like, Hey, I expect you to be home at, at midnight. If you're not home at midnight, like and you're, you're always free to not come home at midnight. Like I can't control you when you're out, but if you don't just, there'll be the following consequences and yeah. that's all the drama free. Yeah. Following. And that's it. I still love you. I'm just going to force these consequences where, you know, you're going to be, uh, you can't go out for a couple of days or, mm-hmm. you know, you, your phone is going to stay with me for a while. Right. Or whatever it is, that's just, what's going to happen. Uh, but Hey, I'm still going to love you and you're still free to choose whatever you want to do. Yeah. And I, I think what's important there too is um, one of the things that I struggle with with consequences, and I feel I feel like it's just another word that we've used to soften the word punishment because we know punishment doesn't work, and consequences is the same damn thing. <laughs> like it really is. That's true. That's true. Because it's a way of controlling and and trying to manipulate them to do what we want to do because we create false consequences to to right so i think in a way you know when you were saying with the with the teen leaving like that was a natural consequence of if he leaves this is what you have to do go for it um but this is so it's like now he has a choice he can choose to either do the do what won't get him into trouble or do what gets him into trouble no one's forcing him right so i think kids can sometimes see through the veiled like I'm going to enforce these to control what you do rather yeah. than understanding these are there to protect you. Yeah. Right. And help you learn. So how do you, how do you distinguish between the two when it's trying to change them versus trying to guide and protect them? It's, it's all about your perspective on what it all means, right? What, what you're trying to do. I, I call it parents giving their kids the illusion of choice. Right. Hmm. Where it's like, hey, you could you could do your homework right now, uh, you know, and, and, and get a good grade, or you can play video games right now, right? And you know, like and then your grade will drop and like the kids like, oh, I get it. So I know which one you want me to do. And if I do this other one, you're going to not love me as much or think I'm whatever. Right. And so for the parent, when you are telling them just kind of the things that are going to happen, the the natural consequences or, or what you got to do so you can feel like a good parent, you're still being aware that they could choose option B. Mm-hmm. And you're get to a place where you're okay with them choosing option B playing video games. 
by uh, instead of doing homework, right? Um, coming in uh, late from curfew, you know, uh, doing these things that you don't want them to do. When you're okay with the thought, with with the possibility of them actually making that choice, you're like, yeah, they they could totally make that choice. When when I give that choice to the kid who comes into the, to the discipline office. I don't say, no, you, you could totally leave if you want, but oh my goodness, when you get back, there'll be hell to pay, yeah. you know, or oh my goodness, that's going to ruin this relationship or I'm going to make things harder on you. Now I'm trying to control him. Yep. Right? Now I'm trying to make sure he doesn't step out of that door because I'm generally I'm making it some, mean something about me. Well, dude, what's my principal going to think, right? Yeah. If, if I let this kid just walk out, you know? And so now my own emotions of what it means about me is all up in my head. And now I'm going to show up a lot more angry, mm-hmm. right? Uh, with, with him and be like, no, you, well, don't leave. I'm going to call that campus supervisor. He'll just bring you right back, right? That, that's the illusion of choice. But yeah. when we actually offer them a real choice. Both options don't affect us as their, as their parent. And we are showing them that, Hey, I like my feelings about you aren't going to change either way, no matter what you choose. I might take different actions, but that doesn't mean my feelings about you change. Yeah. And I can give you my recommendation, but it's only my recommendation. And I think that's what ends up escalating. And I see parents that will be very open and kind and be like, you have a choice, but then they make the choice they don't want. And then they get angry. And it's like, <laughs> okay, that wasn't a choice. And it's like, they have total ownership of this unless they do it a different way. And then I jump in and take it back. And I'm like, that's not ownership. That's yeah. not even close to ownership. That's, yeah. you know, that's giving them false, <laughs> false sense. And they know that. So they give up and they're like, well, you own it. So I'm not even trying. And then they're frustrated that they're not trying. So we keep the cycle going And I think what you're saying, and I love, it's about, this is not about you. It's about them. And we make it about us all the time. Even like the attitude where like, you can't talk to us. Well, when I'm in a bad mood, I'm not nice to everyone, (laughs) particularly people right there in front of me. Right. So how can they not be, of course, they're going to be snappy. They've had a really hard day at school trying to just survive school. (laughs) So I think that's, having that understanding and that not making it about you is what's so hard for parents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's that second thought, right? You know, yeah. it's what you think about you. Yeah. You know, if you clean that one up, then bada bing, right. You're th- at least 33% of the way better, right. To where you want to be as a parent. Yeah. And how you want to show up. So how do we make it more fun? So making it more fun and don't take this the wrong way, parents, but <laughs> it's about lightening up. Yeah. And you lighten up by not catastrophizing the future, not being like, oh my goodness, if they get a C in math, or I'll just go to the worst case, if they fail math, their future is ruined. Yeah. And it's just going to be like, oh my, and I, 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 I can't do, I can't let that happen. Right. Is it, whoa, whoa, lighten up a little bit. Right. Like it's, it's going to be okay. And that is my go-to thought that I offer to parents. No, no, it's, it's, it's going to be okay. Right. Parenting during the pandemic for a lot of parents I taught you to that time was not fun. Yeah. Right. Cause they're like, well, I mean, I, I have to go to work and my kids are at home and I know they're not doing this, th- their homework that they need to be doing and they're not doing their stuff. And so then I feel like I have to be in two places at once. I have to like micromanage it. And then I have to come. And it's like, 
why? Why? Well, because if they fail, like, like their grades dropped and, and like they're, I'm like, well, time out, time out. The whole world is going through this pandemic, right? Like this is literally a global pandemic. Yeah. So I think colleges are going to be aware of uh, this year of grades. You know, if you're like worried about that, like everybody knows about it. And parents painting their future being like, well, then if, if grades don't matter, then fine. But this means that if they can't learn to, to self-motivate, then they're never going to be successful in life. I'm like, slow, slow the, the reins. Like, pull back on the reins a little bit, right? What do you mean they're never going to, <laughs> right? Like you're doing what the teens do by going to hyperbole and being like, well, yeah. then they're never going to. And so it's like, when we lighten up, we are able to show up. Mm-hmm. the way we want. And that's why I, I, I love my background in comedy and improv because you learn to just go with the flow, whatever nice. they bring up, whatever actions they take, you're like, all right, Hey, that's great. That, that's a great addition to this scene, right? Let me just add to it. It's the whole yes and principle. It's the number one. Mm-hmm. Improv. Are you familiar with that? Yes I am. And? Yeah. But yeah. tell, tell everyone. I love, yeah. Tell everyone what that is and how do you apply that? It is. It's great. Yeah. Number one rule of improv is yes. And so yes means you're agreeing with what the person's adding to the scene and, and means you're going to add more information to it, which means if I'm doing improv with somebody and they're shivering and they're going, oh my goodness, it's raining. I don't go, no, it's not raining. I just spit. Ha 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 ha. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Right. It always makes it so awkward, right? Yeah. But yes, and is somebody goes, oh man, it's raining. And I go, oh dude, it's like raining cats and dogs and sucks for you. You forgot your umbrella, right? You know, like boom, now, now this thing can continue and flow, right? Everybody's yeah. feeling validated in that. It's the same thing when we parent our teens, right? They, what w- the actions they're taking, whatever it is, yes, and it, you accept who they are, what they did, right? And you can just add more information. It's not a yes, but, right? It, it, it's not yeah. a, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but you should be doing this or you mm-hmm. should be, you know, whatever, right? You know, it's like, I, oh, I, for example, and this is a big one that a lot of parents talk about, porn, mm-hmm. right? You find out your, your child is looking at porn and you, you're like, Joey, I'm not going to yes and that. Like what, that, that's cray cray, you know? And it's like, well, but- most parents want to like, no, but it, right. Oh no, you mm. can't do that. Oh, what's going on? Your future is ruined. Relationships, yeah. 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 Relationships are going to be, but instead you're like, oh yes, my, my teen is looking at porn. It's something that is expected. Like it's, it, it's not like it's not expected, right? It's, right. it's something that teens are curious about. Curious. And yeah. They're going to be looking at porn and it's my job right now to teach them what porn uh, is or what it can do for them or like mm-hmm. what it what it's going to uh, how it's going to affect their lives for example and yep i'm going to accept the fact that they're looking at porn which doesn't mean you have to allow them or encourage them to do it right but oh hey you're looking at porn let's sit down and talk about this what is that for you know for you like well, how does that make you feel when i ever whenever i court coach teens on porn right or, or i'm like i want to stop looking at porn the questions are always, oh, all right, hey, like first I accept the fact that they're looking at porn. I don't make it mean anything about them. And I go, and how does that make you feel right beforehand? How do you feel right afterwards? And that's the whole yes and process. And then I go, what do you want? 
And then I put it right back to them. So for them to add more information, well, I don't want to look at it as much. I don't feel as good afterwards. Or I, I know that it's, it's not the best. And I go, all right, sweet. Like, how do you want to uh, work on that? Like, what do you want to do? What are your goals? That's an example of yes anding. That I, I love, love, because <laughs> I think the, the yes just right there validates them. It avoids the shaming of them, which I think we do so often without realizing it. And it does, it sets it up so that we can now problem solve together. And that acceptance that they're craving, that yes, gives them that, that acceptance. Yeah. And I think it sets your mind in the right place as a parent saying, okay, this is information. Yes. <laughs> I don't need to panic about it. It's information. What am I going to do with this information? Yeah. And that's, that is, I love it. Yes. And yes. And so what else, when you're working with teens, what is the, do you think is one of the biggest um, blocks between teens enjoying spending time with their parents? <laughs> um, it, it just, it goes back to the, I think we've already touched on it is like, well, my parent wants me to be different. Yeah. Right. I had a, I was coaching a teen and, um, I kept getting emails from dad being like, oh, okay, well, if you're coaching him, please talk to him about how he only gives one word answers um, <laughs> to, to, uh, to the grownups in his life. Like he needs to be giving more than one word answers kind of thing, you know? And I was like, hey, you know what? I'll bring it up. But if he doesn't want to be coached on that, then I'm not, I'm not going to coach him. And I asked him, I was like, hey, um, one word answers to, to the adults in your life. How do you feel about that? And he's like, I feel it's great. That's just all I feel like saying, you know, I'm like, oh, wonderful. All right. Let's, let's not talk about that. Right. So if that teen is hanging out with his dad, he knows that my one word answers aren't good enough for dad. And dad has already talked to him about it. So it, was, it wasn't like it was a secret. Right. And he's like, man, like, how can you enjoy time with a loved one? If, you're sitting there thinking the whole time, well, they want me to be different. Yeah. They want me to not be me. And they want me to play video games less. They, they think what I'm into is silly. They think that I'm, I'm a screw up. They think I'm a mess up. They think whatever. Or uh, I, I'm coaching a, a, another college student who is still living at home, right? As he's, as he's going to college. And he's just like, everything my mom tells me to do is all about trying to control me. Yeah. There's always an alternative, uh, an ulterior motive. Now I'm going to recognize that's his thought, mm -hmm. right? And I coached him on that. And, you know, so th that's uh, the teen style. there's a way the teen single-handedly can improve a relationship without their parent changing. It goes right. both ways. It does. Right. Mm -hmm. But we're talking to parents here. So, mm -hmm. um, when, when I, I talked with him about this, his whole thought was just, yep, everything she tells me to do is all to try to get me out of my shell more because I'm a little bit of an introvert. And she's always sending me on errands to try to change and do things. And when I talk to mom, it's like, well, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I do kind of do that because mm -hmm. he needs to get out and do more. I'm like, oh, well, hold on a second. Why? <laughs> Why? Why does he need to go out? Why is it? And it always yeah. goes back to, well, but his future won't be as good if he, if he is... Uh, an introvert, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, you don't, you don't know that. No, there's a lot of really, really successful introverts. Yes. And I, I find it interesting too, that we have, and I think it's just because we get pounded this idea of like good grades, 
graduate, good school, good job. And what kind of cracks me up in a way, I guess, is a lot of the people that are pushing this are absolutely miserable in their jobs. (laughs) It's like, so we are sitting there pushing, 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 pushing our kids to do what? (laughs) Something that makes us miserable? Why are we doing this? You know, and it's like, well, they want to be a YouTube star. Well, great. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff like that that's out there. Like the possibilities are beyond our comprehension. So why are we trying to box them into what little stuff we know when the possibilities are so much greater than that? Yeah. That's that's kind of where I'm coming from. I'm, I'm like, you're not helping. You're holding them back. Right? It, it just made me think of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Have you ever mm, read that book? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is amazing. I, that love, changed my life yeah. when I read that book. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And like, my dad, I love my dad. He's great, you know, and he's a, he's, he's a nurse. He loves his job and all this. I'm like, oh, my dad's poor dad. Right? I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, what? What is it? And I talked to so many parents when they come to their team, or when they come to me and they're talking to me about their team, they're essentially like, well, hold on, Joey. Like, they're not going to be able to become poor dad if they don't do these things. I'm like, <laughs> that's what poor dad what? is. Yeah, that's what poor. Like, <laughs> why, why would you want them to go be poor dad? Like, what? Like, what is that? Why? Yeah. You know? And um, yeah, it's just our brains. Our brains are so great. They're just, they just want to keep us alive. They but- do, and it's all <laughs> for the right reasons. Like, we're there for the right reasons. We just don't yeah. think. I think I don't think we stop back and go, why? Yeah. And I'll ask parents, I'm like, why? And they're like, because, what do you mean? Why? That's what questions that because and I'm like, because why? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, it's called metacognition. And it's the first thing I introduce to teens. Yeah, when I coach them, I go, guys, you are a hero in training. You don't even know it. You have superpowers. And the first superpower you have is metacognition. Humans are the only animals on the earth that can do it. And guess what? We don't. Like none of us use metacognition, which is just the ability to think about what we're thinking about. And they're like, wait, what? You know, and then just going into it with them. We all need to do it like all the time. Why are you thinking that? Why? Why, 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 why? You know, so what? What are you making that mean? You know, and all this and then discover the the story that your brain has written Mm -hmm. that is keeping you in a box. Yeah. And feeling frustrated or trapped or whatever you're feeling or annoyed, right? Once you do that self-discovery, it really frees you up to so many more possibilities. It does. Oh, that's so, so powerful. So Joey, how can people find you? Uh, Firmlyfounded.com. So that's my uh, coaching company that me and my really, really good buddy, Ben Pugh, I know you had him on recently. He's been on, yep. Yeah, he's great. And uh, a couple other really, really great, phenomenal teen life coaches. We created Firmly Founded as a place for um, teens and their parents to re- receive help and coaching and get training in that superpower, metacognition. Mm. And I-, I run the Firmly Founded Teen, which is the teen membership portion of the company. And it's phenomenal. There's no other teen life coaching program out there of its kind. And teens can show up. We have weekly training events. It's all, I mean, I use humor everywhere, mm. right? Humor and heart. That's that's the magic mix I, I find when working with teens, right? And they get private coaching. There's video library and all this, and they get to try it for 30 days, absolutely free to see if they'll even do it. 
That's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Because that's one of those things where the parent wants them to do it. And that's just going to cause more conflict. But when the teen wants to do it, and this is what I think is you, you, I'm sure you see when parents go, oh, our teen are so not motivated. They're not motivated to do what you want to do. But if they want to do it, they're some of the most motivated people on the planet, right? Like so much motivation. So it's not the lack of motivation. It's the lack of desire to do what you're asking them to do. Yeah. So I think that's that's a cool thing. So final parting words of encouragement for parents of teens. Oh man. <laughs> oh, it's always such like a big moment. It's like, oh, oh. Um, you can have fun with your teen and let them be who they are, even if the choices they're making are different than the ones you want them to make. You could still have fun and love them by thinking my kid's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Your, I promise you this, your kid is going to be okay. Thinking otherwise is just going to muck up the gears in your head and in your heart. So yeah. your kid's going to be fine. I love that. Thank you, Joey. I'm so grateful you could join us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And thank you, parents, for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. If you want to learn more about how to help your teens thrive, you can grab my top 10 parenting tips at askdrcam.com slash parenting tips. Finally, if you enjoyed this episode and the helpful strategies Joey shared with us, please take a quick moment to rate and review. This helps other parents like you find this show. I encourage you to share it with a friend as well. In the meantime, have a peaceful, positive, calm day. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.